There's an extremely popular lie about how divorce affects the children. In this episode, we discuss that problem with my guest, who is an only child from a divorced family. Plus, we talk about the loneliness, the addiction, and the social problems that stemmed from his family's breakdown. We also talk about the anger and even hatred that he felt toward his parents and how he feels now. And he also shares a really unique and helpful thing that he and his wife did before they got married to strengthen their relationship. A lot of good stuff ahead in this conversation. Stay with us. Welcome to the Restored Podcast, helping you heal and grow from the trauma of your parents' divorce, separation, or broken marriage, so you can feel whole again and break the cycle. I'm your host, Joey Ponarelli, and this is episode 111. Before we get into the episode for Christmas, we're giving my book away for as cheap as Amazon will let us price it. But if you haven't heard of the book, it's titled, It's Not Your Fault, A Practical Guide to Navigating the Pain and Problems from Your Parents' Divorce. The sad truth is that for a lot of teens and young adults, the most traumatic thing that they've endured in their lives is their parents' divorce or separation. And yet for so many of them, nobody shows them how to handle all the pain and the problems that stem from their family's breakdown. And without that guidance, they continue to feel alone and struggle in numerous ways with emotional problems, bad habits, relationship struggles, and so much more. And I know what it's like. I experience these exact problems as a young person. It really shouldn't be this way. It's not your fault. It's a solution to these problems. It features 33 questions and answers to the most pressing challenges that teenagers and young adults from broken families face. And by using the book, by getting in, taking the advice and putting it into action, uh, teenagers and young adults are going to experience a lot of benefits. One of them is they're going to learn how to handle the trauma from their parents' divorce or separation. They're going to learn how to navigate their relationship with their parents, which can often be really, really difficult. And finally, they're going to be given tactics that they could use to heal and feel whole again and so much more. And so the the content itself, by the way, is based on research, real life stories, and expert advice. And so normally, like at this recording, prior to this recording, I should say, the book was priced at just $10. Now that's already affordable. That's already cheap because we want to make it as cheap as possible. So as many young people can get the book as possible. But now we've priced it as low as Amazon will let us price it until Christmas Day. Christmas Day is the last day that you can get it. It's uh, $6.50. That's basically as low as it would let us go. And so it's a 35% discount if you want to grab it for yourself or someone you know who could really use it because they come from a broken family or maybe they're going through their parents' divorce right now. You can get it on Amazon, but you can just go to the link, uh, restoredministry.com slash books. Again, restoredministry.com slash books, or just click on the link in the show notes, again, to buy for yourself or someone you know. My guest today is Cody, and as you'll hear in this conversation, his parents divorced uh, when he was 14 years old. And in college, he had a reversion to his Catholic faith, which really helped him. He found support to just untangle the pain that he experienced. And Cody now is thankfully a joyful newlywed and an expectant father. Uh, He's also an engineer. He works as an engineer and is a self-proclaimed armchair philosopher and theologian. And in this episode, we do talk about God and faith. And if you don't believe in God, I'm so glad you're here. You're totally welcome to be here. Anyone who knows this podcast knows that we're not a strictly religious uh, podcast. And so wherever you're at, I'm glad you're here. If you don't believe in God, my challenge for you is this. Just listen with an open mind. Even if you were to take out or the, you skip the God parts, you're still going to benefit a lot 
from this episode. And so with that, here's my conversation with Cody. Cody, welcome to the show. Hey, it's uh, great to be here. Now, I've wanted to do this for a long time, and I'm glad we finally could make it happen. So as we do, we'll just dive right in. How old were you when your parents separated and divorced? Uh, 14. I was 14 when they finally got the papers signed, and they uh, actually split the, did the ways, yeah. Okay, so about like a freshman in high school, is that right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Dang, tough years. That's not easy at all. And to whatever degree you're comfortable sharing, what happened leading up to that and, and the time that followed? Yeah, it was, you know, for the sake of their privacy, I won't just bring it all out, but they had a pretty uh, tough uh, marriage, right? A lot of arguing at the home, like a lot of it's quiet. Yeah, just, just a lot of like head-to-head uh, problems between dad and mom. And so I'm an only child, right? Just kind of being there for front and center, but it was... Uh, pretty hard and then uh right like everyone tells you this kind of like lie like oh your parents will be happier when they're divorced because they won't be with the person that they don't like anymore that's not true (laughs) i i uh that was definitely not my experience everything got worse and uh instead of like fighting with each other they like fought with me more uh, which was super uncomfortable because you know i was like all right i got the week with mom and they're like me and mom are not getting along well and it's like off to dad and dad's you know god bless them both for like the terrible pain that has to be divorced and like ripping up your whole life and trying to like piece apart everything you own so i'm i'm sympathetic to the pain that they must have felt but it was still like so much of me just caught in between of like pick my side no pick my side pick my side no pick my side like Mm. just being tugged back and forth it's exhausting it was terrible yeah. And I, I totally get what you're saying. Like, I, I love that you have empathy for your parents. Uh, and I, I know I do too. Like, I can't imagine what it would be like if I were to go through that and how painful and how I would struggle and all that. So we can like say that and be empathetic and at the same time say like, hey, it's not fair what the kids go through and it's really difficult and painful. And like you said, you were caught in the middle and which is, as you know, super common. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that point you made is really excellent about kind of the burden being passed to you you know parents think that sometimes parents think that you know the divorce is this like great solution it's gonna solve all these problems like you said so well said it better than i could and what happens is like no it just creates more problems that you didn't expect you didn't think of you couldn't see from where you were because you were in so much pain or fighting or whatever yeah it's I think it it will surprise anyone, right? Regardless of your like your parent or child, like what kind of can of worms you're actually opening up for your whole family, right? And anyone who's like listening to this and just feels a lot of like anger and hatred towards their parents about it, like I get it. That's probably pretty natural. And I did too. Like there was just like a whole stint of like immediately after the divorce, like I just I hated my dad, right? For for just different slights. I was a teenager, I wanted to play video games all day. Dad didn't let me, so like I hate my dad. Teenager move. Uh, <laughs> right. There was just a lot of anger and pain for the divorce of like, why uh is this going on? And I just like my parents, I took it all out on them and focused it on uh anything that they were trying to do and you know that that kind of anger stayed with me for a lot of years so it's it's 
uh, right? For the audience's perspective, I'm 25. Uh, so this is ha- this is like me 11 years almost after uh, everything went down. I can look back and I can have empathy for my parents. Uh, so it's not a thing that you're expected to have. Yeah. No, hey man, I could relate to that too. Just remember feeling anger uh, toward both my parents, but you know, I think a lot towards my dad at certain times just for the way things were unfailing, you know, and uh, yeah, it's tough. Like you're, you're definitely put in a tough spot as a child. And so a lot of different negative effects that come from this. Um, you mentioned anger. What else would you say were some of the negative effects, some of the ways that your parents' broken marriage and their divorce affected you over the years? Yeah, there was like a weird like social stunt, but that's like part of like being an only child, perhaps, um, where you don't have like siblings to relate to. So you don't have like someone in the home to kind of like bounce your ideas off of. And then uh, (laughs) you just got to go to school and then you have your classmates to just like call you stupid when you do dumb things. And like that's your first experience with someone giving you like serious pushback. Hmm. So there was like a lot of isolation. And then like, again, you're taking all of it, like, anger, that frustration, and you're coming into, like, a public setting where, like, people are also, like, feeling uh, a myriad of other things, and they're not emotionally mature either. So it's mm. whoever created high school, honestly, check yourself because you've wrecked everyone. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, let's just pack 30 emotional teenagers into a room, put one adult, and call it good. <laughs> like, Fair point. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, uh. Don't, don't see what uh, what anyone was thinking with that. The times have changed, I guess. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like, so like one of the uh, real big pieces, right, I think was um, like pornography in my life. Mm. That was um, like a thing that I had been like exposed to like via friends before and uh, right, had been like around, but definitely like post-divorce with like only one parent around. I definitely had like, um, like an open door of like, oh, a parent isn't around. A parent won't be home till like seven o'clock. I have like two hours to do what I want. So I'll play video games and folks on our own, like some pornography on the computer and I can do this or that and the other thing. And yeah, like it was all like escapism essentially. Right. Like I had a bad day at school. Like there was a meme. Oh, there was a meme where this kid, uh, and it was so relatable because he's, uh, he's, it was a back when vine was really popular. He's like, Fine. Uh, what am I going to do when I go home tonight? Is is it homework or video games? Every time the answer is porn. And oh man! <laughs> and I'm like, dude, that's dead me. And now I look back and I'm like, oh shoot, uh, we both need help. Uh, yeah, right, totally. But but I right like even for like I don't know that guy's story was at any point right. in his life, but like I definitely know like for me in my story that was totally true, right? Like yeah, and it was it's just like this escape highway. Hundred percent. It's it's a great way to numb pain. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I I went through the same thing you went through when it comes to porn. Like it really is such an easy drug. It's an easy way to just kind of distract yourself, escape check out of all the pain and the problems that are in your life. And for me, it was like so many came from my broken family. And it's got the best price. It's free. Right, right. And it's everywhere. And it's like so easy to access. And it used to be the total opposite where it wasn't mm-hmm. everywhere. You have to like really seek it out. It wasn't free. And, you know, you can kind of, you, you, someone had to be like known if you were going to go to like a sleazy, you know, adult store you had to show your face, which was like a shameful thing. Now it's like totally anonymous as well. So 
it, it definitely, man, what a plague on society. And I, yeah, I totally get that struggle. And um, I went through that as a young, young person too. And I, uh, yeah. And I think one of the things that stood out to what, uh, to me from what you just shared was the kind of automatic neglect that comes along with divorce. It, I remember with my family, my dad no longer lived at home. And then my mom was like immediately thrust into filling the role of like, you know, the provider and kind of like the dad role in our family. Like that's the way it was. Like she would stay home. My dad would work and make the money. Um, I know different families look different, but that was our family. And then my mom immediately had to like kind of step into his role and still try to do the mom thing to the point where like it, she just couldn't keep up. Like she couldn't do every, everything for us. And so I ended up like hanging out with, friends who just like were not good for me who were exposing me to that sort of stuff and my mom if she knew about it she would have been horrified and mm-hmm. never would have wanted that and you know i don't blame her for it it's just it's really tricky that you know we're kind of placed in that situation because we don't have a parent to like guide us watch over us we're kind of on our own yeah and and like you like it so you're not going to tell your parents that you're out doing you know shady stuff like yeah. I'm, I'm having fun like these people are the folks that i'm with like it, if I tell on them, I'm in trouble and I can't hang out with them. And then mom or dad, you're not here. And hundred percent. Oh, it's almost, it's, it's only with hindsight that you're like, man, I like that made me miserable. I really was not happy there. And I wish I would have, you know, kind of broken from that. I remember having a point when I was like, I don't know, thir- around the time when your parents divorced, I was like maybe 13 or so. And, um, just remember like every time I spent time with these particular like sports buddies, like, you know, doing all this bad stuff, I was miserable afterward. Like, yeah, in the moment it was fun, but I just felt like super empty and guilty. And then I met these other friends who like were just really generally like, good people and we didn't do that stuff. And when I would spend time with them, I was like super happy and there wasn't like all the guilt that went along with it. So at some point I was able to start recognizing like, oh, you know, this isn't good for me. Um, but you're right. You don't realize that in the moment. Yeah. So I want to go deeper and um, feel free to add anything else that kind of came up over the years. I know there's so much that we can talk about, but I'm curious about your relationship. So I know you're now married and, you know, you went through the whole navigating the single years to the dating years to engagement and now like, you know, being a newlywed and all the other things that comes along with that. So I'm just curious the effect you saw kind of stem from your broken family, from your parents' divorce um, in your own relationships and even your marriage. Yeah, that's... Gosh, that's that's long, and I'll try to get through it all. But um, it's a lot. So basically, since since like you know, fourteen, my parents separating, going through a lot of like upheaval as they still lived in the same town. I was um through high school um and not seeing my dad a lot. Uh, I decided to go to college as, as far away as I possibly could while still being uh, uh in in state, uh, which for me was was really great. So I picked a nice college that was far away and I went off there and I had a, a good year of college, but it was pretty isolating. But upon coming back, I, uh, right. Got to like live a year how I wanted to. And I think I lived the same way, but it's cool. Uh, played video games, uh, made a couple friends. Right. But, uh, mm-hmm. pretty uneventful. Uh, but just that like misery was, uh, like compounding of mm. like, me just not feeling happy with anything. And I ended up um, stumbling onto like the YouTube channel of Bishop Robert Barron, who is a uh, Catholic bishop 
Uh, now for like, the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, I believe. Uh, but he's got this big online presence, and uh, I watched one video. I thought, he's got to take on Batman, and I like Batman. So I watched it, and <laughs> it was a pretty good take. It was a, it was a new way to, to look at art, and I, I liked his lens because I was big, like, um, what do they call him? Uh, video essayists, big in the mm. video essayists at the time. Oh, well, he's got another one, but it's about Nietzsche. I've read mm. Nietzsche. Watch that. What a good take on Nietzsche. He's very right. He clearly read it. He's he's not just like a religious fundamentalist who's just curmudgeoning about everything that's, you know, non-Jesus or just isn't biblical. Mm. So it ended up like consuming his entire catalog of videos uh, over the course of like a couple of weeks, which that was a lot. That was a lot. I, uh, it's a lot of content. I failed the class because I didn't study over the summer. Uh, I was, was it calculus two. Yeah, I failed calculus two because like I spent my free time just binging his content. It was it was great. It was like food for the soul. Like because he kept hitting on this same theme every time. Like love exists. Wow. Love exists. It's real. It's not like it's not a chemical thing in your brain. It's it's not just like a feeling you have in your chest. Love is willing the good of the other as other. It's a quote from Thomas Aquinas, and I thought, well, that sounds crazy, and I didn't buy it at first. But it was still compelling, and I wanted him to talk more about it because I was drawn to, to talking about love. Mm-hmm. And as I finished his catalog, I reached out to the, 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 the chaplain of um, my university, the uh, uh, university chaplain for the, the Catholic University Center, and like, hey, I, I want to talk. I've watched these videos. I just want to. I just want to figure this out and figure out like, am I am I confirmed? What's going on with my faith? I think I want to believe in Jesus again. So, started meeting with the priest there, and started meeting with the father, and uh, decided that yeah, I want to make this my faith, and uh, my confirmation was uh, valid because uh, it's basically impossible to make an invalid confirmation. So I started practicing my faith again, started reading what teaches of the church. And um, one of the big cornerstones of the church, or one of the sacred sacraments, is marriage. Uh, one of the great sacraments I get to enjoy in my life today. Beautiful. Uh, and yeah, that, that being just uh, a driving force in my life and trying to understand, right? Why, why I make this big, long story to bring this up uh, is because that was just like such a cornerstone of where I've been struggling so much with the divorce is like, because mm. the catechism of the Catholic church, this big book of all these uh, teachings of uh, morals, uh, how to participate in the sacraments well, how to participate in the faith well. Uh, marriage is a big portion of that book. And I, I thought the teachings were beautiful as I read them from the book myself. Mm. But every time I did, it's just, pain would hammer into my heart that like i've never experienced this like i didn't get to see this firsthand and when the catechism talks about how like a child is owed the love and support of its parents right and um just man that that's like taking a baseball bat to the gut like i'm I was I was deprived of this thing that I, I should have received, and uh, the author of the catechism does a beautiful job of describing, or like what that love is supposed to look like, and it's just painful. I think mm-hmm. to realize that you you didn't receive that, yeah, and that that really pushed me into like a 
uh, a really big sadness for quite a few years as I tried to kind of uh, understand what happened. And then eventually um, to counseling because I'm trying to reconcile like what, you know, how did this relationship with my parents affect me and why am I still so sad about this and what am I trying to strive for? And it was, it was tough. <laughs> That's super tough, man. I'm sorry you went through that. And yeah, again, I can relate so much and what a road, you know, there's obviously a lot there, but I totally can relate with kind of that feeling of like, man, I, I really lost something or something was taken from me that I wish I would have had. And even, I don't know if you had this experience, but I know I did seeing other families that did have that mm-hmm. kind of healthy marriage, healthy family. Not that it was perfect, but they had something that was like functional and good and feeling like, man, like I, I love that. Like I really want that. I, I would have loved to have that throughout, you know, my whole life. And um, yeah, it's it's a serious loss. It really is. So that's beautiful though, that it kind of led you where it did and that you saw this beautiful um, vision of like love and marriage and Wow, I'm I'm really inspired. So, yeah, any final thoughts on that before we? I want to move into kind of your own like coping and healing. I know you touched on it a little bit. It was good, but it was hard at the same time, right? Like you have this like great lofty ideal, in which like even as like someone who's like married right now, like it's not a reality that you always just get to live out of every single day, right? It's it's this it's this heavenly vision that you're aspiring to, you're striving towards this this uh, perfection through marriage. And yeah, like now, now being married, it's, uh, it's beautiful to be able to participate that like being a part of like a communion with, with my spouse that like I'm, I'm relating to her. I am coming to where she is in, in her life. And likewise, to, um, she's coming from her life at the moment. And there's like a level of relationship there. Like I didn't see from my parents. A lot, maybe maybe a time or two, but just this, yeah, the profound beauty that I just get to experience now. Yeah, no, I hear you, and I no, I love I love the contrast there. I think it can be a temptation at times with some people, not everyone, but with some people to kind of idolize marriage and love mm-hmm. and think that it, especially for those of us who come from broken families. I know I did this. I thought it would be like perfection i was like oh my parents made all these mistakes and i'll never do that stuff i hope um and so i'm just gonna have the complete opposite of what they had and that's kind of that was my vision for marriage and i thought it would be this kind of like idyllic state of like euphoria that kind of looked like a fairy tale even though i knew fairy tales weren't real and uh and then i got you know into marriage and i was like yeah this isn't quite a fairy tale there's some really difficult seasons and hard times where you have to like you know, work through like your own pride and vices and just be like, okay, I'm not the most humble person. Like I'm pretty darn prideful and I need to like get a handle on that. Or, you know, it's like apologizing is not an easy thing or whatever other, you know, challenges, conflict, all that good stuff that people like us especially struggle with. It, it kind of hits you in the gut a bit if you don't have like this, you know, clear understanding that, yeah, there's this beautiful vision. There's a going totally wrong, like we saw in our families. And, uh, and probably the reality is somewhere in the middle of like trying to live out a beautiful marriage. Um, so it definitely not easy. Um, feel free to make any comments on that, but I also want to shift gears a little bit on, um, kind of where you went from there. Like you already mentioned faith, you mentioned mm-hmm. therapy. Curious, what else helped you kind of deal with everything in your family and then also find some healing and, you know, move forward from that? You know, I think one of the big, big things of just like personal development was just like learning to like date well, which is already like difficult, I think for like 
you know, your, your current 20 year olds in the year 2023, it's kind of a minefield out there because there's not, um, like a common set of rules. So there's always like an already an awkwardness, like you're exposing yourself in vulnerability with like trying to get to know someone. Um, yeah. but then as like a, someone who experienced your child's divorce, like there's, um, a lot of apprehensions that you may or may not be aware of. And I know that. So for me, uh, one of the things that I've had to spend a lot of time in uh, counseling and uh, doing EMDR therapy for, um, it's just like a fear of abandonment. And uh, dating is not a place where you can look for security. It, it, it's not because uh, you're going on dates and dates end and you might not go on another date or you, yeah. you know, you could have a girlfriend or a boyfriend and you're a, uh, Boyfriend or your girlfriend isn't permanent in your life because they have the freedom to break up with you when they discern they're not called to marry you. And it's, oof, that's a bad place to look for security. So here, here I am, this like young man who is, uh, you know, going on dates, trying to get to know women, trying to let himself be known by people. And yeah, the, like the first time, like I got like really broken up with terrible because it was just like an instant like dunk back into like the oh you've been abandoned again oh mm, right and that was like uh, a hard thing to cope through because that was like all all of these feelings of you and um like feeling like my parents are there for me oh like my uh this girlfriend isn't there for me now like i'm, I'm alone all this all this panic going on up in my head so in a sense it was really good because then i got to like bring that up with my uh counselor work on that and try to understand what am I feeling? What's the responses I'm going through? How can I positively respond to, to that, uh, emotion? How can I, uh, like live with, with that experience and yeah, going to Jesus Christ, right? Like it's one of those things where like, as, as you go through it, understand it, right. With a good counselor, uh, it's like a fear that I don't experience, uh, nearly to the degree that I did if I still experience it at all. Like sometimes, you know, a little whisper still in the back of my mind, but it's nowhere to like the panic that I would feel. Yeah. No, that's powerful to see. It's, it's a litmus test for growth. I think yeah. that what you just mentioned where I know with my wife and I, like when we've had, you know, seasons in our marriage where we're just struggling with conflict, like we're not resolving it well and then we work on it maybe with, you know, either a therapist or like a mentor couple um, or like, you know, a spiritual director, something like that. We've done different things in, in over the years. It is a good sign that you're able to resolve things in a more calm way. It is a good sign that you're able to resolve things more quickly. It is a good sign that you're able to apologize if something goes wrong and be able to kind of, you know, make up without it keep being dragged out for like hours or days right yeah. so i think like that's what i hear you saying that you're able to kind of take what maybe was this you know real i don't know if handicap's the right word but something that really left you feeling stuck because i felt handicapped when oh, in totally. my relationships a hundred percent and so then you're able to say okay now i have some mobility here i'm able to kind of navigate this more smoothly so that that's a clear sign of growth which i think is amazing so, like, one thing that's part of my uh, wife and I's story is, like, when we were uh, engaged, we had been going on um, a, bit of a, a bit of a rough patch for about a year. So, she was working. Um, I went to college at a town that I'm not going to name for privacy reasons, but so we were at this town, and 
I graduated college, so I was going to move away to go work my new job. And she was going to stay in that town to complete uh, her year of missionary work on that college campus. She worked for the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. And I wasn't super happy about that. So like, hey, like, it's going to be lonely in this new town. And I want you there to help me, like, build a community. I want to build this life with you. Let's, like, we're engaged. Like, let's, let's get married. And she felt this calling to, to stay on the campus staff for another year. And well, it's all well and good. That's fine. But it uh, really tore me up with that fear of abandonment. Because now I have to go off and leave and be on my own again. And that was uh, driving yeah. me really nuts. And <laughs> that ended up stepping on a lot of uh, her own woundedness from her past. So she comes from um, a family that was together, right? No, no family, regardless of their status of divorces, is perfect. But um, yeah. so she also had some kind of... Um, wounds, I guess we can call them wounds, hmm. uh, that she hadn't really considered or thought about. And just mm-hmm. the way that uh, that situation really like poked into my heart and stirred around feelings I didn't like. And then I ended up reaching back and poking into hers and stirring up all these problems. Uh, we ended up for like just at each other's throats for like a year. And we're like, we meet up, we really miss each other, we'd be in love. We'd have like a great day together and we do like the, the drive to meet. And then, right, get home, call, oh, I'm good, yeah, how are you? Cool, call you tomorrow, pick up the phone next day, and it's like, yeah, why don't you just stay? Like, we should have got married like a year. This is, this is terrible. Like, I'm, like, mad, and you're mad. We're just mad for, like, the next week until we get to see each other on the weekend. It was nuts. Yeah. And, like, so we're trying to figure out, like, why we have this great relationship personally. That's terrible. And um, we go off into the, uh, into the long distance. And yeah. after doing a little bit of a, we had energy. got a marriage counselor because we wanted to figure out like, wow. we're pretty sure we like each other. We're pretty sure we wanted to get married, but That's we're awesome. not sure how to resolve it. And we ended up um, postponing our marriage just to try to work through this. So we, we started meeting with this uh, wonderful counselor and you know, we start drawing out like what the, what this cycle, because we're noticing it happens in like a pattern. And uh, as we're like learning this language of attachment, we're finding that I have an anxious attachment disorder. In lieu of me describing it, you can Google it, pause. But it, when I'm nervous, I'll kind of start this phase of uh, worrying about being left, this anx- anxious anxiety feeling. And then she responds with an avoidant attachment disorder uh, to where she starts to distance herself from the thing that's making her uncomfortable. So there I am, I'm panicking, I'm trying to like lean in towards her and there she is feeling uncomfortable that I'm uncomfortable. And so she's leaning back and then we're both just like falling head over heels down this slope into being upset with each other. And like, that's a perfect mess. And so we're like, as we're working uh, through uh, this, this counseling session together, like we're writing it all out in this, this page, just like, oh man, we get it now. Like we can, we can, we can see the process. And so the next couple of weeks we're um, talking with each other. I was like, oh, I'm starting to feel like I'm feeling my anxious thing. Or like, are you pulling back right now? And so the emotional awareness helps us to kind of like rectify where we were at. And we ended up only uh, postponing the the whole thing for like a month, which was still inconvenient for everyone because it was a bunch of phone calls. It's like, hey, it's not happening. It was like a month away from the actual wedding date, which I wasn't happy about at all. It was terrible. That's grueling, yeah. And then, you know, 
like a couple weeks later, call on the back. It's like, okay, okay. Uh, are you free in a month? We're getting married now. That's so awesome. I'm sure they all think we're crazy. Uh, <laughs> although, though, actually, we did get a couple of letters and emails from family members who, you know, like, oh, it's a very mature decision. We, we thank you for respecting, you know, marriage and just taking the time to work through it. And that's mm-hmm. great. It, it didn't help me, who was like still like upset that like I should have been married a year ago and now it's being postponed. <laughs> you promised that it would happen. So Dang. it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't fun but there was so much growth in that time especially just learning that 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 cycle uh that like i had within myself that i wasn't totally aware of and that uh my fiance catherine who she didn't uh yeah she didn't understand it and she didn't know what was happening inside of herself either so there was a lot of uh, growth and healing through that beautiful dang man so much to say i one i admired you for delaying the wedding as well i know it's not super consoling like you said but but it's like yeah what a mature move and um i'm glad that you guys like you know were able to take that step back and i I hope it did help with you know kind of dealing with whatever was there and i remember you personally telling me this and how grueling it was for you and not not easy i would have felt the same way in your shoes um i think that's amazing that you went through marriage counseling you know prior to actually being married and you know, knowing that that was like on the path ahead of you and um, really beautiful, like really wise and definitely something that a lot of people don't do. So that's amazing. And the pattern recognition too, I think that's so cool. And um, we're going to do a future episode on attachment theory. It's something um, over the last like year or so I've been studying a little bit more and I found it helpful too. Um, I'm like avoidant uh, attachment like your wife. And so it's something that yeah, just the awareness of like, okay, these are my tendencies. This is how I typically like bond with people. And to everyone listening who like have never heard this whole term attachment, it's kind of confusing. I don't know if attachment is like the best word, but a bunch of psychologists came up with it. So basically, um, yeah, it's like your method or mode of like bonding with people. Like what does that look like? And so there's avoidant attachment where you're kind of a little bit more hands off, like you like your space. You're not, you know, a little bit more geared towards independence and maybe even like fiercely independent. There's, um, anxious attachment like Cody said where you kind of have this um, almost constant preoccupation with like the status of the relationship like is it ending is it going on am I going to be left like there's this kind of constant worry um, or maybe not constant but it comes up you know frequently and then uh, finally there's the secure attachment um, and the secure attachment is one where it's kind of built on um, interdependence so you uh, the anxious attachment is kind of like and maybe tend toward overly dependence on the person um avoidant tends to be like too independent and the secure attachment would be your natural disposition and bonding is kind of have this interdependence where you have both the independence and the dependence and this this healthy like give and take and so um so yeah it's really helpful to know and there's a small um portion of people who are both avoidant and anxious that's like kind of a niche thing that we'll talk about at a later date but it's, it's good stuff and if you haven't uh heard about attachment theory like cody said you can look it up and we'll be doing putting out some content in the future um about it as well so a little bit of a side note there cody just wanted to fill people in because i think again it's like so helpful in the fact that you were able to recognize those patterns so hopefully i didn't get all that wrong but <laughs> yeah. but uh but no good stuff and uh yeah anything you would add about attachment or anything else there because i think it is such a useful tool and it helped you guys recognize those patterns no, I think you did a great job of uh, summarizing all the the bits and pieces that I couldn't remember on the spot. It was, uh, I don't know, like to me, I find it a lot of funny. I'm I'm a really introspective person, and I had been since um, well, maybe like 14, 16, is there 15, 16 ish? Yeah. 
so I've got a lot of self-knowledge. And that was never like Catherine's thing. She's kind of more of an exterior person. I'm more of an interior. So mm. like going through all of that, like I'm, it, there were just funny times where, um, not funny in the moment, right? She's upset. Catherine's crying. And yeah. she's like, I feel like you never listen to what I need and until I'm this upset. And I'm like, but you never tell me what you need until you get that upset. And she just looks at me and he's like, okay. Does it mean you're correct? <laughs> and then like, I can laugh at that now. It was uh, like a, a heartfelt conversation at the time where I'm yeah, yeah. not, you know, emotionally distant from this woman that I love, but right. uh, yeah, I'm uh that's a man mind trying to fix it and trying to come up with things. I'm also an engineer by, by degree and profession. So like my mind is geared towards solutions all the time, which is not helpful. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I'm with you. Like, yeah, gosh, with my background in like business and operations, I'm the same. It's like, I just want to solve every problem that anyone brings to me always. <laughs> so I, I totally hear you. And I, I remember that you're an engineer and I was thinking about that when you were able to recognize the pattern, that's like a really, um, that's a very engineer thing of you to do. <laughs> so good stuff, man. No, love that. I uh, I know you've mentioned that Resort has been helpful for you. Yeah. I'm so honored and grateful that, uh, yeah, I'm so honored that we've been able to kind of step into your life and walk with you and put out content that's been helpful and all that stuff. So I'm curious, like, how has Resort helped you? Well, you know, I really just want to thank you, Joey. Not uh, make the whole end of the podcast like a self congratulation piece, but uh, <laughs> right, like it's uh, right. Like there's like two ministries that I know uh, that like really cater to um, just young people who have gone through their their parents' divorce. Not necessarily just young people, right? But anyone. Yeah, uh, it's it's you know restored, and I think it's called. Um, Was it life giving wounds? It's life giving wounds. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like you and life giving wounds, and I, I've found uh, both uh, pretty helpful and just encouraging that like I'm not alone in that uh, that kind of pain of experiencing that. But I think like one of the episode series that just really stands out. Um, I believe she was a counselor, perhaps a psychologist. Um, she you'd met in, like coffee shops. So the audio was like terrible, but you talked about like <laughs> how to pick a good um, counselor, what to work, what kind of methods there are. Yeah, yeah. And that was really good. My my first experiences with counseling were um, my university offered uh, free uh, student counseling services for like awesome. if you have test anxiety or something, which is real. But it you get what you pay for in counseling uh, more often than not, and free is terrible. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so like it wasn't terribly helpful. It's like once I once I like understood what to look for and like uh, the encouragement of, of, of you and your mm-hmm. guest and kind of your explanations of how it should work gave me the confidence that, okay, if I reach out, mm-hmm. like it could be worth paying for. So, you know, I, I'd set up little, like, um, you know, a call. It's like, I'm having struggles with these issues. Is it something you work with? Like, do you offer like a 15 minute sit down? And so I get a feel for like, if you're going to be a good fit for me. Um, awesome. So that was, that was, super rewarding and yeah once i started paying for um counseling like i got better service who would have thunk uh, yeah there you uh, go. it's not necessarily always the higher price is better um but you will get at least somewhat of what you pay for and uh yeah i definitely like everything that i put a lot of money into counseling more than i really wish i did but it's it's still on the same it's like i have a mental space that's so free and so clear and i 
I have a, a good marriage and a good relationship and I don't see that with everyone. And I, 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 I treasure that. Like I have, you know, for every dollar I have spent in counseling, I got, I have like a back a pound of gold. Wow. Of like mental health, I'd say. Beautiful. No, I'm so happy. And yeah, Dr. Julia Sadowski is the one you're thinking of and checking yeah. on out. We'll link to that show in the show notes so everyone can hear the horrible audio. <laughs> yeah, get get a remember. nice quiet room with big headphones. Buckle up, kid. <laughs> <laughs> I even think we ran it through software to try to clean it up. Oh. It work. So um, I apologize about that. But no, I'm glad it was helpful. And uh, no, I'm so, again, happy we've been able to um, to guide you and walk with you. And yeah, just curious if there's any other like changes or transformations that you were able to bring about in your own life because of Restored. The one you just mentioned is amazing, but just wanted to make sure I'm being thorough here. Yeah, like like I said, man, like we could we could probably like if if like a real deep episode, like we could be here for like three hours on like picking apart like the different nuances, which I think hundred percent that I want to be on here all the time or that I want to bore your listeners to death, but there's no you're like so so much that like happened to me over the years, right? And like we like we touched on like pornography when I was fourteen, but yeah. like oh man, like just trying to get out of that. Right, like you imagine like just Uninhibited use from like fourteen to nineteen, and that the, like the, the neurological trenches that just sets in your mind. It's like, mm. yeah, I want to stop now. And like, if you're not aware of all of your psychological habits that are going into like your um, again the attachment styles, right? And you'll as as you experience pornography, you will attach to it. It's an unavoidable thing. Mm. Um, you can like read the find the new drug or the uh, porn effect. They'll talk about how you're bonded to that. And right, if, if you are experiencing an attachment disorder, like an anxious attachment or an avoidant attachment um, or a disorganized attachment, if the only thing you've attached to is pornography, like you, you're not going to be able to let go. It's, it's the only thing. And then for like uh, something that I've voiced in counseling, um, it was like, I don't want to give up porn. Like it's the only parent I have left. Like mm. I don't, I, I, I still like, Praise be to the Lord. Like Jesus has worked miracles in my life that like I've talked to my dad again and we're like close friends. It's a little awkward still because he's my dad and it's just weird. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to you guys who have dads who are kind of strange. Um, <laughs> and like my relationship with my mom is, is really good, but there, there's, there's still some tension there, but and there's yeah. not. With both of them, there's still kind of like a, an air of like, I'm not sure if I want to be vulnerable about this or vulnerable about that. And I don't feel like I can just kind of like just come to them totally. But so to have to like sacrifice pornography, which, you know, is a whole other problem that I don't want to have. And I'm sure you listener don't want to have either. But trying to give that up was really just like giving up your last parent. Mm-hmm. Like I've already lost two, man. I can't, I can't let go of the third. Mm-hmm. And that's, that, that was just brutal. Like, I think after that realization, man, I just like cried for an hour. Mm. Oh. Grueling. No, I, man, I hear you. I'm glad you walked through that because it can be easy to kind of look up now where you are in life and be like, kind of forget about maybe some of the pain that went into it. And so, no, I appreciate that. And yeah, I mean, it, it truly is like a drug, like pornography and other, you know, sexual compulsions, addictions, like we lean on them for some reason. Like they fill some need, even if it's in a super unhealthy way, they fill some need. And so we use them until, you know, hopefully we no longer use them, need them. And so that's the whole point, I think, of truly overcoming that stuff. And we did this whole series on healing sexual brokenness, which we'll link in the show notes as well, which talks through this at much more depth. But 
Yeah, it's uh, the. I think the goal. A lot of people just think like, oh, you just need to quit. You just need to quit. And there's a point to that, but it's like you need to remove everything, like change your environment and remove the things in your life that make that something that's attractive and a need for you,、uh, which is a lot easier said than done. But,、um, but yeah, I really appreciate you being so vulnerable and sharing all that.、Uh, in closing, I just wanted to say like. You've already contrasted your life, I think, really well for us. But is there anything you wanted to add about kind of how your life was、uh, different in the past, how it was painful and really challenging, and how now it's it's better? Not that it's pain free, but how it's it's better. Anything you'd add? You know, I guess I think that the thing that's、uh, the biggest theme overall, right? It's going back to like how we talked about love earlier, right? It's it's uh, um, love is wanting the good of others as the other person. And where I think I started in life was very like me centric, and I think that's like how all children really are, right? Like you are you, your parents are caring for you. You have a bunch of like emotions you don't understand, a bunch of needs that you have to have met. So the world does kind of revolve around you in a sense, especially if you're an only child like me. And right with, without that framework of adolescence that that brought me out of that through my、uh, because of my parents' divorce. Uh, my life was just so me focused, so me centric, and yeah, I, I was just so grateful to have my faith and the wisdom from that to to bring me out of myself and to realize that like my life is is joyful when I live it for others, right? Like the fact that I can care for my wife, and yeah, that means I don't like I don't have beer money like I used to, like hard facts. I don't have like <laughs> time to play video games all day. Um, but I get to like spend time listening to my wife, and I get to care for her. And I, you know, I'm really excited for our kiddo that will be born、uh, in April, and all the time I get to spend with them. So I just, yeah, like there's there's so much more richness, even if there's so much less time for me. Beautiful,、oh, man, so good. It's been so good having you in the show.、Uh, congratulations again to you and your wife. I'm super excited. I love being a dad. It's so amazing. It's not always easy, but it's like so rewarding. And I know you're going to be great at it. So congratulations again,、um, man! Super excited for you. And yeah, I just I love that you went from kind of that selfishness, being kind of self consumed, to then the selflessness. And I love what you just said. Like you know, your life became more joyful、um, when you started living for others. Which is really, really beautiful, and so、uh, really, really good. Thank you for sharing all that. Thanks for being on the show. In、um, finishing out the show, I just want to ask you if your parents were listening right now, what would you want them to know? I know it's not an easy question, but I'm just curious. Like, what would you want to communicate to to them? You know, I know that you you tried your best, mom and dad. And I know that you had your own your struggles that you brought into your your relationship together, and I know that、um, that you 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 gave me everything. That that you could, and yeah, for everything that you you can bring, I, I I forgive you, man, and I I love you. So good, man. Um, want to give you the final word, and again, thank you for for coming on for your time and for just sharing your story. And it's just beautiful to see, man, how you've transformed, you've changed, you've become a better man. And I know you're still on that path. So I just love that you know we get to do that with you. So. What words of encouragement,、uh, advice would you give to kind of the the former you? So anyone listening right now who's kind of in the midst of it or struggling with things that you were struggling with, what what encouragement, what advice would you give to them? Especially you know because they've been through things like we've been through. Yeah, I think it just takes a certain amount of hope, and I don't know like a snappy catchphrasey way to say it, but there has to be 
some sort of hope that things can get better, like a hope that there is uh, love still out there for you, that you are like still lovable and you can still love no matter what kind of pain that uh, you've felt or you've experienced, right? Like the only person that can stop you from, from an act of love, from an act of willing someone else's good, right? And to break that down, like just to do something nice for someone else uh, in a really like small sense, but like a really big sense, like offering like a part of your life in some way. And like the only person that can stop you from doing that is, is you. Um, so yeah, I have hope that like love is still possible. Like the, the, you can give a gift. Cody's a good man. I'm so honored that Restored has been able to play a role in helping him navigate his broken family and even find healing. And if you come from a divorce or a broken family, we're here for you. And I don't need to tell you how difficult, how challenging, how stressful the holidays can be. The pressure to choose between your parents, feeling kind of just slapped in the face, reminded about how broken your family is, and feeling lost and alone and navigating the holidays in a broken family. And so if, if you feel that way, if you get what I'm saying, thankfully, you don't have to stay alone. We want to help you. We're here for you. And so to help you, we built a free guide called Five Tips to Navigate the Holidays in a Broken Family. And by downloading the guide, the content itself is really good, but you're going to get some bonuses as well. You're going to get a worksheet to plan out your time with your parents around the holidays. It's super helpful. It makes planning really easy. I've used it myself. You're also going to get a copy and paste uh, template that you can use for communicating with your parents about the holidays. And finally, you're going to get some additional resources that you can make use of to navigate the pain and the problems from your broken family and even find healing. But most of all, using the guide will help you feel less alone this holiday season and put you in control. And so if you want to download the guide, just go to Restored ministry.com slash holidays, or just click on the link in the show notes. Again, like I said at the beginning, my book, It's Not Your Fault, is on sale for as cheap as Amazon will let us price it until Christmas Day. After Christmas Day, the sale goes away. And so if you want to grab that for yourself, or maybe someone you know who's going through their parents' divorce or comes from a really broken family, just go to restoredministry.com slash books, or just click on the link in the show notes to grab the book. That wraps up this episode. If you know someone who's struggling from their parents' divorce or broken marriage, share this podcast with them. Honestly, take like 30 seconds now to just text them if you want to. Honestly, they're going to be really grateful that you did, even if they don't really show it right away. In closing, always remember that you are not alone. We're here to help you feel whole again and break the cycle of dysfunction and divorce in your own life. And keep in mind the words of C.S. Lewis, who said, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending.